Habit four, think win-win. So they actually use um, an example of writing books as an example of win-win. I actually don't remember if it was in the book itself, but for this habit of win-win ideology, people will use books as an example. I write a book called, I don't know, The Blueprint of Wealth, full of great information. And let's say, I don't know, maybe a listener buys it. The information you get is a win. It helps you become more successful. And it's a win for me because I get the money. Another example is, no wait, that's a different, that's for a different habit. Um, another example is, let's say you're trying to get a hold of somebody very successful. A great way of doing that is by offering value first. The overdone kind of sneered at example of this is offering the person that you want to talk to lunch. Now, if they're super, super successful and a short meeting with them is worth a couple hundred thousand dollars that people pay for regularly, they're not going to take you up on that lunch offer. You need to think of something else. But a moderately successful businessman, he might take you up on the lunch offer in exchange for an interview. So think win-win. Think of how you can provide value to the other person so that way you both come away from the interaction as a winner. Habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. This is kind of a relationship one. Another great way of phrasing it is be more interested than interesting. This is a, that's a dating version. Focus on the other person. With people, everyone's a narcissist. Everyone likes attention. And when the intention is not on them, consciously or subconsciously, they're thinking about how to get the attention back. So by making sure that you're interested in them and are understanding what they are actually saying and listening to what they're saying, you can then proactively, be proactive, habit one, adjust and take action in order to help them with their problem, win-win. And when you're helping them with their problem, you can then make sure that they understand your problem. Seek first to be, seek first to understand their problem, and then be understood, your problem. So focus on the other person. Uh, a great way of thinking about this is think of every interaction as if somebody's holding a microphone. How often is the microphone on you versus how often is the microphone on someone else? So habit six, synergy. This is the other example that I almost went went into, and that is kind of win-win. So synergy is really cool. I like synergy a lot. I'm a very, especially in games, I love when I can create synergy with different things. But the example I was about to share was actually a project that I've been working on, which is creating, I don't really have a good name for it yet, my super house. And the goal is to create a 21st century lifestyle with minimum, minimum cost and to be as self-sufficient as possible. So one example of this is, I'll just use burning wood as the example. So a lot happens when you burn wood. First, you burn the wood, it creates heat. Heats your house, heats the hot water. You can cook on it, that's very useful. 
But then there's all these byproducts like ash and charcoal and smoke and wood vapors. So ash and charcoal are great for the soil. I plant them around trees. Trees grow faster and healthier. I chop down trees, make more ash and charcoal. Synergy. But I can also create a wood gasifier combined with a stove. So I heat my house and then wood gas is actually a alternative fuel that they used in World War II to run vehicles when there was gas shortages. So I could theoretically, this is all theoretical, heat my house and then the byproduct of me heating my house is what I need to run my car. So that's synergy. And that's definitely not in the book of how he talks about synergy, but I'm a very synergistic person and that's what I've been working on recently, so I thought it was cool. Uh, habit seven is sharpen the saw. And this kind of falls into the attributes of success. Now where the name of sharpen the saw comes from is if you're trying to cut down a tree, if you take an hour to sharpen your tools before cutting it down, you'll cut the tree down in total, including the sharpening time in like, let's say four hours. But if you don't sharpen the tools and you just go straight to cutting, it might take you 12 hours because you're trying to cut things with a blunt instrument. But back to the attributes of success. This is what bas is basically the habit, is making sure that you take care of yourself and that you take care of your other priorities of success. You can't be successful financially when you're going through a massive divorce and the lawyers are draining every penny. You can't be happy and well, you can't work really hard if you're not happy. You can't function properly and you can't be happy if you're not if your brain's not working and you're unhealthy. So you need to take care of your health, you need to take care of your relationships, you need to take care of your emotional well-being. These are all part of sharpening the saw so that way you function effectively so that way you can then be successful. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you're interested in being more financially successful or just want to support this podcast, I recommend you go check out my new book, The Blueprint of Wealth. It's available on Amazon and the link should be below. I don't think it's the one that actually gets highlighted, but there's a link that you can copy and I'll take you straight to Amazon. So with that, I will see you all next week. Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today's book review is The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And if you haven't been living under a rock, you've probably heard of The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Heck, even if you weren't interested in success, which would make no sense because you're listening to this podcast, you probably would have heard of it. It is one of those books that has touched the lives of millions of mil millions of people and is very well known. The catch is, I'm actually not too big of a fond of this book. Again, it's one of those writing styles that I'm not super fond of. The author takes, the author goes really in-depth. Which is good, especially if you're just starting out. Going really in-depth on stuff is important. But when I've been reading 300 plus books a year for multiple years, 
and then he goes in depth on stuff that I've read entire books on the subject, it gets kind of annoying. But anyway, that's just my personal tastes. So I am in no way disregarding the impact of this book. And also, if you checked out my book, The Blueprint of Wealth, you'd notice that it's thin and very compact and straight to the point. So my writing style and my temperament is the exact opposite of this. So that's another reason why it bugs me. But enough blah 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 intro blah blah blah. Let's start with habit number one. By the way, there's seven habits in this book and we're going to cover the seven habits. Habit one, be proactive. I call this by its opposite version, the victim mentality. So being proactive versus victimhood are two very different types of people. The victim mindset blames everyone but themselves. It's the government's fault. It's your boss's fault. It's your wife's fault. It's your kid's fault. It's your parents' fault. It's your car's fault. It's the rich's fault. It's your school's fault. Yada, yada, yada. But there's one problem with that list. You're not on it. And the key is, you cannot control other people and other circumstances. The only thing you can control is yourself and your actions. And if you have a disadvantage, that's where the victim mindset part comes in, that would be a legitimate excuse. Like, like for instance, I have a ridiculously, ridiculously fast metabolism. And for a lot of people, that's like, why are you complaining about that? But that means I have to eat a ton, a ton, a ton, just to not starve to death. If I want to put on muscle, which is something that I've been trying to do, it becomes even harder to do that. So a, a victim-minded person will just give up and be like, well, my, my metabolism makes it impossible for me to put on weight and build muscle. A proactive person keeps experimenting and keeps trying until they figure out a way to succeed. And for in my particular case, that's drinking a ridiculous amount of milk. Because it's calorie dense, liquid, so I don't have to eat more than already the massive amounts of food that I'm eating. And it's high in proteins and fats, which are needed for building muscle. So don't let your excuses and the situation and the other people hold you back from success. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. This is your visions and your goals habit. Successful people don't let life happen randomly. They plan it, they aim for it, and they go at it. I really liked the way Jordan Peterson phrases it. Success is such a thin line that if you were to aim at it randomly, the chances of hitting it are zero. You have to be very precise in what you want to accomplish and where you want your life to go. And it doesn't matter what you want to do, there are steps that are required for that. The example that's coming to my mind is actually my dating um, life. I'm not a very social person. I don't like socializing that much. Like, it can be fun, but I'm a major introvert. Um, and a lot, and there's several other reasons why I just like staying at home. But the chances of me finding a girl to marry by staying in my house are pretty slim. So I have to go out and do stuff like go dancing, go to um, parties, 
create parties, being proactive. Don't just wait for somebody to invite you to a party, create a party. You have to take the steps required to achieve the goals so that way you can get your end goal life in you, you so that you can achieve your end goal life. Which comes to habit three. And habit three is put first things first. The thing about putting first things first is human beings are terrible at it. This habit includes not procrastinating, setting priorities, time management, and remembering what you actually want. So not procrastinating. Let's do that one first. If you want to be successful, you can't procrastinate. Stay off the social media, the video games, and all the other fun distractions until you get what you need to get done. And there's actually several books on procrastination, which if I haven't already recorded, I'm about to record for next season. So I'm going to go more in depth on procrastination. Next is priorities and time management. And there's several different ways to manage time. In this particular book, it uses the urgent important quadrant. So you have urgent and important, important, not urgent, urgent and not important, and not urgent, not important. So urgent and important. These are the things with deadlines that have to be done now. So for example, I may or may not have procrastinated recording this episode for a good while, and I am running out of time to get it done. That is urgent, and hopefully for a lot of you, me being consistent with the episodes is important. So you do that first. Not urgent, but important, you schedule it. So that includes just on the top of my mind of I'm falling behind on my journal again. I need to reorganize my notes so that way I can get ready for the next season. I don't have to do these things immediately, but I need to do these things at some point. So I schedule it. Not important and urgent, you delegate it. To be honest, I'm drawing a blank on examples of this one. But if it's not important to you, not important to your goals, not important to your loved ones, but it needs to happen now, then you delegate it. So in, I guess, a work sense, um, let's just do janitorial stuff. There's a mess in the back of the shop. It's not that important to clean up because it's in the back. It's not a safety hazard. It's fine. But then let's say one of your, it's a slow day. You don't have work. One of your employees isn't doing anything. You go have them do it. Anyway, then the last section is a not urgent, not important. And this you just delete, avoid, and kind of forget about it. An example of this is I have a spam email. Anytime someone requires me to put in my email or sign up for something by putting in my email, that kind of stuff, I give them my spam email. Now, sometimes there's useful information, like I'll put some of my more um, top-of-the-line marketing people in the spam email, not because I don't want the information, but because I know marketers and I know they're going to harass me every single day and make it really hard to unsubscribe from their newsletters. And so I'll put them in my spam email, get the one email of the information that I'm actually after, and then I just forget about all their follow-up emails. So just avoid it, delete it, don't care. Now that's the time management. 
the last part I want to talk about for Habit 3 is the importance to remember what is important. It's really easy to get caught up with work and forget about your relationships. Like, why the heck are you working in the first place? And since I've already been going long on that habit, I think I'll cut it there. Just remember what's actually important. Like, yes, your deadlines at work are urgent and important because you're trying to take care of your family. But if your work is making it so you only see your wife for 20 minutes once a week, then maybe it's time to reconsider the priorities and what's important.